Hello, everybody, and welcome to Connected Knowledge from Upland Software on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright. With mounting regulations across all levels of government, healthcare professionals face a complex web of compliance requirements. To provide quality care while staying compliant, organizations need new approaches for managing institutional knowledge. But how? Today, Rosemary Kirk, our own senior solutions consultant, is back, and she is going to help us explore practical strategies to leverage knowledge management systems for regulatory compliance and operational excellence. Rosemary Kirk, welcome back. Thanks for having me. So, healthcare. It seems to have a lot of uh, a lot of masters in the regu- regulatory space. Can you set the table a little bit for us about what exactly the pressures look like for someone managing knowledge in the healthcare space? Oh, yeah. Th- those pressures are coming from all directions. Like I said, there's, you know, f- federal and state level regulations telling you um, how things are supposed to happen and how things are supposed to be done. Yet those can change sometimes on an hourly level, you know, da- uh, never mind a daily basis. Uh, but then all of your internal uh, customers, if I if I can use that word of, you know, their pressures of needing to hire new hires and, and needing to keep them uh, not only compliant, but get them competent up and running quickly and um, all of those pressures. And not to mention that the patient experience has changed significantly in the last uh, three years, let's say. Uh, and, it, you know, that's that's changed the expectations that patients have as well of, of what their experience should be. You you said, <laughs> you just said, did I hear you right when you said that regulations can change on an hourly level? It definitely did during the pandemic. Oh my goodness! And so now there's almost this, and the, and and so now there's almost that expectation of you were able to adapt before. Yeah, you should be able to do it now, even though the pressures, you know, the obviously the you know the global, uh, you know, pandemic and, and that situation has changed as far as urgency is is concerned. But that there was that kind of belief of, well, you adapted. So now yeah. you've adapted. <laughs> That's you, you may amazing. notice things like um, like teledoc or tele, you know, tele uh, professionals, you know, of being able to have a, a a doctor's appointment, you know, over the phone or over a Zoom meeting or something along those lines. Um, a lot of organizations and healthcare organizations and, and practitioners have maintained that, even though it's not deemed uh, quote unquote necessary any longer. Uh, it's become now just part of their their standard operating practices. Once you reframed that for me, uh, it, that suddenly is the cascade of pressures, not just for how we deliver care and how we manage our practical operations, but how we hire on the fly. You talk about the pandemic, hiring and managing staff and personnel and getting trained on the fly, incredibly complicated. So, you know, what does the landscape look like right now? How do you see healthcare organizations managing their knowledge? They're struggling a bit, in, in my opinion. Um, I the the I mean, I'm speaking generally because there's obviously exceptions, but I'm finding that healthcare organizations still treat knowledge very much like they did in the kind of 90s and early 2000s. You know, using hmm. um, SharePoint type repositories. You know, that have dozens of Word docs and PDFs that 
themselves are probably dozens of pages long. Uh, training document, you know, training departments that still use uh, PowerPoint presentations and then give people, you know, job aids and quick reference guides and all of those types of things. Um, there seems to be that that still kind of general mentality of let's fire hose as much information as possible during that new hire training. Mm -hmm. sit them down next to a subject matter expert for a few days to have them kind of observe and pick up habits, whether those habits are good or bad can be argued as well. Um, and then that idea of just turning that associate loose and, oh, they'll remember it because they went through training. Um, and it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's definitely having, having its issues because the healthcare industry isn't immune to the same hiring and retention issues that are currently being demonstrated nationwide. I, it seems like a high jump, low ceiling scenario that you're describing to me, that the pandemic will have have exercised so many brand new muscles in organizational flexibility, and yet they don't seem to have really stuck. That's what that's what I'm seeing as well. Yes, is that they they made those adjustments. And, and don't get me wrong, there are other, you know, technologies within medical care and within healthcare that have jumped leaps and bounds. But when it comes to still that, you know, basic kind of, you know, system knowledge, step-by-step -step instructions, policies, rules, things that kind of your average, uh, you know, a, associate like a scheduler or a biller, you know, need at their fingertips, um, it's not easy for them to be able to, to find that information, uh, nor it, it be confident that what they're looking at is the latest and greatest version. I, uh, I just got a letter from my healthcare facility that I lost my doctor. My doctor went to a VC-funded private healthcare institution, membership-only healthcare. It's like a gym. I don't know what they do over there. I <laughs> yes. can't get in. Uh, and, and it got me thinking a lot about uh, the, the nature of agility and the changing function of business operations in healthcare. What does it mean to be agile in the healthcare market today? It, it, because you're talking about training and, and getting people up to speed, onboarding and turnover. And, and now we're dealing with entirely new business structures that run into conflict with a very long history of healthcare operations uh, in this country. What does it look like today to, to adapt? It's a, to kind of paraphrase that real estate term, uh, communication, communication, communication. Um, I don't think healthcare organizations can uh, live any longer in and, and function in the silos that they've always had, where each department is just sort of doing its own thing and at its own pace. Um, the ones that I've seen are successful are when representatives from each of those departments frequently meet and they discuss changes and not only just the changes themselves, but how it impacts each of those groups. I've seen organizations time and time again make a change to some sort of process, um, let's say in their contact center, you know, but they don't consider how that change impacts something downstream. You know, so it might be something like, well, when, you know, when Pete calls and schedules an appointment, um, we used to have to not only collect his insurance information, but spend time kind of verifying that not only is it active, but what is he, you know, whatever service he's getting is covered and how much is it covered. But you know what? We need to shave some seconds off of our call handling time to meet some of our service level agreements. So let's just gather the insurance info and we'll let billing or claims or somebody else down the line figure out what's covered and what's not. Not realizing that by the time it lands in the hands of the billing department or the claims department, you've already had your appointment. You've already had your service. And now 
they're finding out you're not covered for that service you just had, and you're going to get this giant bill in the mail. And so now you're going to be upset. And so it's, you know, causing this sort of chaos that could have just been saved if they just spent those extra few seconds, you know, verifying your insurance. Um, So it's that idea of rather than having, again, individual departments making these decisions on their own about, oh, we've got to make this change because we were told about this new thing getting together and really communicating to ensure that, you know, everything is, you're recognizing the pros and the cons, and then you're adjusting that accordingly. In terms of when you talk about the the dramatically sort of fluctuating changes in, uh, in, in healthcare organizations and mergers and acquisitions and all, all the kinds of turnover, how do you use your knowledge management uh, tools and expertise to remain compliant in such a, a chaotic environment? Absolutely, because I think a lot of times when people hear compliance and healthcare, they're thinking more like malpractice. Yes. You know, those types of things. Where compliance can be, like we said, just as simple as when you schedule someone's appointment, you need to verify their insurance in the pop in, in this way, you know, and follow these particular steps. Um, you know, and if you don't, then you're not compliant with that procedure, you know, those types of things. So absolutely having uh, not only the communication, some sort of governance, you know, that that um, open, easy way to be able to collaborate on any sort of changes, but having, you know, a single source of truth, a knowledge management system that's easy for everyone to be able to to intuitively access and be able to distinguish at a glance what they need to do. Um, you know, I mentioned before, healthcare organizations still very much live in Word docs and PDFs because oh, well, our auditors need to have, you know, an SOP, right, a standard operating procedure that they have to review. But, you know, if I'm a scheduler in a contact center, then I'm expected to take 100 to 150 calls a day and seconds are ticking away. I can't open up a 75-page Word doc and kind of rifle through it to figure out, you know, what that particular step is. I need to be able to get to something quickly at my fingertips. So not only is it about communicating and building up that single source of truth, but having it intuitive and, and efficient as well. So it, it sounds like what you're saying is there are, there are two levels of compliance, right? There There's the malpractice compliance, there's HIPAA compliance, right? There are all the sort of regulatory body compliance levels. But are you suggesting there is also, you know, w- when you look at internal or departmental or organizational standards of compliance, that maybe if the auditors still need the PDF SOP, that you keep that? But essentially, we need two systems. Essentially, we need a system that a systems that talk to each other that can both answer the questions of the of the frontline scheduler and the regulatory bodies that are coming in from time to time to scour our stuff. Uh, what we're doing at Upland is is creating kind of that one stop shop, that that single source where you can have one system that makes those auditors happy because it'll provide that information in the format that they want and see version history and all of those types of things. But it also can allow the users to access information in the channel that they want, whether that's a website, almost an intranet type thing or a chat bot or almost more of a traditional uh, training manual, you know, standard uh, knowledge management system type format too. Uh, we're going to talk all about that. I feel like I have one more question that is percolating here, and it's around transitioning to digital records and uh, and the friction of paper. Are, have we made that transition? Is everything searchable now? 
I'd like to think so. Um, but but I, actually at Upland, we also have a, um, a, a, a product that works with faxing. And it's amazing how much faxing is still alive and well in the healthcare industry, not to mention, you know, legal and a couple others as well. So I don't think paper is dead yet, but I'd like to think for at least you know, a training department, the learning and development, the, you know, those, those types of folks where you need that step-by-step instruction, you know, rules, guidelines, scripts, even, I think that we've finally gotten away from paper. Um, it's just, again, the, the kind of format in which it's delivered is really needs to be taken a look at, because I think what's happened a lot of times, especially still in healthcare, is that sure, that document's not on paper, but it's still, digitally several pages long there's still a lot of scrolling and yeah. you know that that control f you know and, and yeah. a lot of people will say well how do we search for it faster and it shouldn't really be about the search it should be about the find oh that should be on a t-shirt rosemary <laughs> uh so I, how give me some guidance to maintaining uh l- large healthcare organizations sort of corpus of information in this in this context what are you doing to to make sure that organizations are trained up in maintaining their data for optimal internal and external and regulatory compliance um, I think it, it goes back to like we were saying before of that communication that idea of you can't really live in in silos anymore um, so really having uh, kind of a, a governance group uh, some call it a center of excellence you know, where, um, you know, you're, you're ensuring that there's not only buy-in from the top of the org chart down, you know, mm-hmm. everybody understands and knows kind of why knowledge management is important, um, how those non-compliance issues can impact the organization. And again, not just malpractice, but that idea of, you know, letting Ms. Wright know about her insurance coverage, of, you know, in the front of time, you know, um, but yeah. also, again, establishing that structure, that team to, to ensure that, um, it's it's easy to be able to have consistent uh, ways to deliver information because you also want to think about things like an associate career path. Yes, we're we're hearing about struggles of um, hiring and maintaining those new hires, but we also recognize that sometimes in health insurance or health insurance and healthcare, um, we're hearing of some folks that have been there. 15, 20, 25 years. Um, so that idea of a governance and a continuous kind of interdepartmental communication means that you can ensure that as someone is going through that career path, they don't have to relearn how their knowledge management system works or where to find their info. It's all still in that single source of truth. And, and it uh, just speeds up that, uh, that training and that competence uh, a, lot, a lot faster. Yeah. Amazing. Then let's talk about uh, about what you've got going on with Panviva. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Panviva is kind of that um, perfect example, if I can say it, of, of that single source of truth. Um, and in fact, several dozen healthcare organizations uh, just in the U.S. alone use it as both that training manual and that on-the-job performance guidance tool. Um, some of our customers call it the guide on the side uh, because one of the popular kind of templates and, and ways of delivering information um, only takes up about a third of the user's screen. So they don't have to kind of alt tab or toggle between their systems of record and then the step by step instructions that they have. Um, but it, you know, going along our topic today, it's very popular in healthcare and in financial services because of its compliance capabilities. Um, all of the information is role based. Um, and it's layered, so those new hires can find kind of those details that they need, but that more seasoned, experienced representative or employee can get what they need as well. 
Um, it's not just all text, you know, like you would find in the Word and PDFs. There's, you know, process maps and icon navigation, um, great analytics to track everything that not only the users are doing, but what the authors and admins are doing as well. So it's making all those auditors and, and compliance folks still happy um, sure. with all that version history. Um, but it also doesn't have to be agnostic. It can integrate with CRMs and EHRs and IVRs and chatbots and such. So it can feed um, all of those different channels and maintain that consistent messaging, um, you know, throughout you know, the entire organization. I, I th This is unprecedented right now, Rosemary. You are the beneficiary of a brand new segment on this show. I'm very excited to introduce you to it. It is the show feedback section. And, and I have a question from a uh, listener, Rama, who wrote in uh, something specifically. I think we, we want to talk about the, the human interaction with keeping people up to date. Here's the mm. here's a question. What is the most effective strategy to keep reps up to date on the latest information? How do you handle it when technology fails and information isn't accessible on a call? Now, we've got the guide on the side with Panviva, but is there ever a scenario when reps are, you know, or schedulers are, you know, awash at sea? Um, I would hope the system would never crash on them. <laughs> you know, we, we would never want anything like that um, because often Panviva is also used as that communication tool. Um, you know, we can talk for hours about the perils of email, um, especially yeah. when you're talking about a high productivity type associate who is supposed to be on the phones and, and you know, assisting their patients and such. They can't be looking at their email um, all the time. Uh, so, you know, we've, we've seen, um, you know, definitely that shift of using uh, Panviva kind of home pages or landing pages to just have a quick, you know, uh, sentence or two, you know, hey, yeah. this system is down or hey, you know, we're getting calls about, you know, X, Y, and Z and, and those types of things. Um, and having that flexibility of allowing someone like a team lead or a supervisor to be able to send out that notification rather than needing kind of an IT system administrator, you know. So right. um, I, I know our knowledge bases are, are broken up that way that you can have that governance team that we talked about maintain things like policies and procedures and such, but have, you know, the team leads and, and other uh, folks within each department have their own ways to be able to communicate and notify of any sort of changes or updates or, or things like that as well. Well, and that gets to, you know, the benefits of having, uh, of, of re releasing yourself from the perils of version control, uh, right? When the, the knowledge base is always up to date, then making sure that your reps are up to date on the latest information, I assume, is effortless. Absolutely. And it gives those reps that confidence of, you know, they don't have to second guess anymore. Yeah. They know that everything they're looking at is that latest and greatest. Um, because I know, you know, we've, we've all had jobs that we've done them for years and years. And after a while, you think you know more than what your, you know, technical resource does, or, you know, or what your yeah. digital resource does. Um, so it takes a lot of burden too off of people of not having to feel like, they're the person that everybody has to go to in order to ask questions about things. Um, you know, they can contribute to this knowledge base so then everybody can share in that, in that information as well. Fantastic. Rosemary, thank you for coming back, for being the beneficiary of our unprecedented new segment, listener feedback. It's very exciting. Happy very to have exciting. <laughs> Thank you so much. Where would you like to send people? I've got some links on uh, that, that we're going to put into some of the resources on Upland's site. Is there any place specific you really want to target listeners to visit to learn more about what you're up to? Yeah, come, come check out the Panviva product on the uplandsoftware.com uh, website. Easy enough. Links in the show notes. 
Uh, We appreciate all of you downloading and listening to this show. Thank you for your time and your attention. Uh, As you heard, we'd love to hear what you think. Just swipe up in your show notes, look for the feedback link to send guest questions to any of our past guests, and we will do our best to get them answered. On behalf of Rosemary Kirk, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Connected Knowledge.